0: Folks, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Amers. Hi everybody, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. It's episode 23 and my name is Kirsten. In today's interview, I'm bringing you lots and lots of language learning information, talk of group classes, careers in language learning and the, quite some surprising benefits of what you can gain from learning in a group. My guest today is Tammy Bjelland. Tammy runs Language in Bloom. She runs a language school. She's an interpreter, she's a translator, Uh, works with businesses, and also does curriculum design. So, from head to toes, this woman is just action. It's incredible. And before we head straight into that, I just want to give a little shout out to the teachers today. If you're a language teacher or if you're preparing for the new school year and you're thinking, oh, God, I wish I could just. Teach in a different way, become independent. I just want to remind you it is possible, and you can become an online teacher. And that's something that many teachers have mentioned to me. They're sort of looking at how they can add online services to what they're already doing. So, if you're a teacher and you're considering delivering online lessons, perhaps in the new school year, then I have got a course for you over on Udemy and I really just want to make you aware of this. The course is called Live Lesson Strategies for Online Tutors and Teachers... It's based on my experiences as an online teacher, and I share how to deliver outstanding one-to-one lessons with the great materials that you can find online, and not just the materials, but how to stay organized with the right tools that you can use for free. Uh, I cover Evernote, I cover Google Docs, I cover Skype, and the various different other materials, and there are screencasts in this course that show you actually how I'm using these materials. What's also really important and very, very popular with the student community on this course is that I made an effort to show you how to set up a good booking system, a consistent booking system, as well as how to over deliver by setting your foundations correctly. So you want to get your contracts right and you want to get some terms and conditions. This is boring stuff and this can be very difficult stuff if you're making up by yourself. So I'm really grateful to the people who have helped me and I'm really excited to be sharing my information with you and it's all in this course. It's a great package and I'd love to share it with you, like I said, to celebrate that we're, celebrate, to lament that we're going back to school soon. I've made a course code for you. Uh, it's really easy to get this code. Simply you go to udemy.com slash online teaching tricks. And in the little button on the side, before you purchase it, you can type in podcast and it's going to slash that price for you and bring it down to a special deal, especially for you podcast listeners. So give it a go udemy.com slash online teaching tricks. That's my course for all the teachers. And from all of you guys, learners and teachers, to a very special lady who is a teacher herself. But like I said, so much more. Let's listen to Tammy Bialand in her interview with me in the Creative Language Learning Podcast. You are going to get such a download of information, such a bunch of information. Tammy is full of knowledge and she really shows her expertise in this interview. So without further ado, I'll stop waffling on now. Listen to the interview with Tammy Bielen from Language in Bloom. So hello, Tammy Bielland. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Hello. Thank you, Kirsten, for having me. You're welcome, and I'm really excited today to be talking to you. I have been a guest on your podcast as well, which is called the Business oh. of Language Podcast. The That's Business right, of Language Podcast. And Tammy and I have been um, we've we've been sort of connecting for about six months, eight months, and I I can't tell you guys how impressive Tammy is. It's just so much going on every time I look at your stuff. It's just amazing. So, Tammy studied Spanish at university, has opened a language school, has got this really cool safe, self-paced program called Language Learning Formula. She r- helps people find jobs with languages in the Linguaprenur Academy, she does curriculum design, she does teacher training, she does, honestly I'm running out of fingers here, she runs the Business of Language podcast <laughs> and she's just an all-round complete language lover, though not a polyglot, as such, so you're not learning like your fifth or sixth language, and I think the, the the value in just your passion for languages and how much you're bringing it into your life is something I really want to share today. So after that introduction, Tammy,
1: say hello. <laughs> yeah, well, I I guess when you count everything off like that, yeah, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed myself, and like I need to take a vacation. But. um Yes. So I love languages. And like you said, I'm not learning like five languages at a time and I'm not uh, racking up the languages per se, Um, but I love learning languages and I'm a huge advocate for language learning not only in schools, but also, um, independently. So I really encourage people to learn languages at any point in time in their life. Um, even if they weren't successful in school, that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be able to acquire a language, um, to be beneficial to them at some point later on in life. And, and language learning has so many benefits besides just having that skill, which you can list after your name. Um, it, it brings you a better understanding of the world. It uh, it increases your empathy for other people, which is something that uh, I think is is not explored enough. And it's so important in this day and age to practice empathy and to and to grow uh, our skill for empathy um, that we already have. So, so yes, I'm a huge advocate for language learning. Uh, I'm Fascinated by polyglots, um, but I personally uh, don't see that as um, my personal path in life. Um, I uh, I think that I could, if I wanted to, acquire lots of other languages. But I'm more passionate about advocating for language learning uh, and also in providing really helpful materials and resources to language teachers in um, public and private schools and also independent language teachers. Mm. Um, I, I, there's a lot of information out there, but in terms of really great concrete uh, examples of how to uh, facilitate an effective language class, um, there's there's not that much out there. So I, I again, I would say I'm more of a language advocate than yeah. anything else.
0: I really like that you said I could if I wanted to, and I think that's something that a lot of um, people and a lot of listeners uh, kind of you, you don't in, they don't internalize that yet. and it's something that language learning in school, if you're if you're doing it well and you're kind of doing it successfully, that's a confidence that is really the one step ahead perhaps that we have, which is, I know and you know we could if we wanted to so yeah. it it takes the it takes the rush away and i really like that it takes oh, r- right from the start it takes the pressure off. cuz you know you can do it and i really like i really like carrying this message forward and it's, it's one of my core missions of fluent really the saying i could if i wanted to right but it's up to you how quick you go it's up to you what exactly you do i yeah. think it's really interesting that you mentioned um Language learning in school, and that's something. So, if you are learning a language in school and you're enjoying it from my background, and I think something that perhaps you've experienced too, have you ever had somebody say to you, What are you going to do with that later? Are you going to be a teacher?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I, Used to hate that question, but now I am learning from the people that I've talked to uh, with the Business of Language podcast. Um, I I think that that is an opening for uh, more conversations and and for other people to learn more about what languages can bring to the table, Uh, because it's a lot more than just uh, being able to speak a language in a language class. And I feel like that's what uh, when you say that you're studying language in school, I feel like that's the image that people get when when they say that. Like, how how on earth would you be able to apply that, like language classes, to uh, an outside career that doesn't have to do with language teaching? And and there are lots of ways that having that background, having that experience in language learning it, at university or even before that, um, there are real skills that having that experience can bring to any career that you choose to, to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yes, I've had everyone still asks me that question. Oh, language. What do you do with that? And I say, what don't I do with that? Because and and we can (laughs) tell,
0: I mean, just by looking at you, it's literally (laughs) what, what doesn't she do? Yeah. And it's everything.
1: It's everything. And, and being able to, uh, to adapt to a new culture, to a new uh, language, um, and being able to communicate with people who are who are different than than the people that you usually interact with. I mean, that is a, a really important skill that will take you really far in any career. Uh, and if you do want to start a business, that will take you far in entrepreneurship. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there's there are so many things that language brings you that, uh, that don't necessarily translate directly into a monetary value, which is, uh, I think at least in the U S that's where, um, the focus tends to be is what kind of salary will you make? What's the average salary of someone who studies X language? Um, and I, I feel like that's just the wrong way to think about it. Um, and if we have a country that only produces university graduates with business degrees, then I think that we're really in for some trouble because...
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked, um, I used to work as a student recruitment officer and um, internationally that was one of the things that I, I so often noticed as a recruiter, um, as a company recruiter, as well as recruited recruiter from other places, if you're a hiring manager and you're making a hiring decision, you've got six people with a business degree and one person with a different different degree. They they they're a step ahead because instantly they're intriguing. So you just get the door a little bit more open, um, and that's something that people don't see. So at the early stages, where you're making career decisions and think you need to study business in order to do in order to know business, that's actually um, wow. I I'm not really convinced by that as much as thinking. Study the bit that really isn't as easy to pick up in real life, which is language, really.
1: Yeah, and and university provides such a perfect time to learn a language um, because you have study abroad programs, you have opportunities that you that not many people have um, unless they are are in a position where they can be um, location independent, which uh, we are heading. We, there is that trend, but uh, it's certainly not the majority of people. So, uh, university provides a perfect time to explore and to take those risks that are involved in language learning. Um, and language is a perfect second major, as um, in in the states we call them majors, and uh, some people have minors. Uh, and it's a perfect second major because it uh, it accompanies it can accompany anything any other specialty that you're interested in if you are interested in business if you have a language as a second area of study then uh then your opportunities double um and i think that uh more people should should explore that option um especially uh given the fact that um almost any business even if you uh live in a tiny rural area any business can be international absolutely um,
0: absolutely
1: and, and so keeping that in mind, and, and even if you never really uh, converse fluently in a language, having those skills uh, that are acquired in just the act, in just the process of trying to acquire a language, those uh, are really beneficial. And I mean, the cognitive benefits of of uh, learning another language are beneficial to anyone at any age. And it doesn't matter how bad you speak a- another language. Mm. Um,
0: another, another thought about jobs with languages that, that I have recently seen with a friend of mine who applied for a job at a startup, kind of a tech company. So you don't necessarily think they're going to need languages,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but in her cover letter, she was able to say, Hey, I see you're expanding into the German and Spanish speaking markets. I speak German and Spanish and English. You know, you're going to be able yeah. to use me. And that's just something, you know, you can, it gives you the perspective of looking at companies and saying, you're going to be able to use me on more than one level. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, here and I'm, I'm more versatile already than, than a lot of other people are. And versatility is a big advantage that language learners have in a job search.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and the fact that you can learn something that not a lot of people have been able to do. And and that's impressive. I mean, people who speak multiple languages still, uh, even though uh, when we're in the, the language blog world, it feels like everyone's learning multiple languages. But that in the States, at least, that's definitely not the case. So if you say that you're fluent in multiple languages, that is, number one, impressive. So it makes you stand out. Um, and that in itself, when you're looking for a job, or if you're starting your own business, that's a huge
0: thing. You are right. You are right. I always forget that it's, it impresses other people. Like, I don't, I just don't find it impressive, because it's just a thing. (laughs) So I don't really, I never, I never say like, oh, well, I speak, I speak three languages. So, you know, so do you. I just don't think that way at all, ever. And when people find it impressive, I will say, oh, nah, and you're so used to playing it down. And it just being, like you say, in the language blog world, in the in the polyglot world, it's you know it's no thing and really why why don't you know eight languages you only know three but actually it, it does impress people
1: and, and it's, it absolutely does. Yeah. There's not been a single uh, business related function that I have been to that uh, where I haven't met someone who asked me how many languages I spoke and and how they wish that they could speak another language um, or told me that it was impressive that I could speak multiple languages like it's. Um, and it may, it does make you stand out. And, and that is how, uh, that's how I'm known here in my community anyway. Um, which, you know, is, can be good or bad, but, um, I'm taking it as a good thing and I'm putting my positive spin on it. So, uh, I think that, uh, it, that it seems kind of like a shallow thing to, to, um, to stress, but it, it, it counts when you're trying to make a living.
0: Yeah, actually, languages make, do make you stand out. Now, in terms of specifics, I know that in the Business of Language podcast, you've spoken to so many people who've taken different, you know, different career paths and different ways into careers with languages. So what do you think, if you were to sum it up and try and sell somebody on there's more than just teaching and translating out there, how would you, what would you say? What what are the kind of fun jobs, unusual jobs that you know that somebody can do with a foreign language
1: um, it's it's literally any job that you want to do any any passion that you have and you can apply language to it. If it's a question of, um, in the latest podcast episode for the business of language that's coming out today, actually, um, I, I speak with the career linguist, Anna Marie Trester, and, uh, and she talks about finding, um, finding careers that, that use all of your passions, and so uh, the example that she gave was uh, linguists who are really interested in animals as well. And so there have been linguists who found jobs at zoos or studying um, studying animals, but using their linguistic background. And and I think that's true for um, for people who study languages at any or in any capacity. So even if they don't study linguistics per se. Um, I think that it can be anything, but so some examples are, um, entrepreneurs. Um, I mean, the majority of the people that I've talked to on the business of language podcast are self starters and they've started their own businesses or their own products. Um, and, and I think that language learning and, and the things that are related to that like travel and exploring and being open to uh discovering new people's new cultures um there's an inherent independence that mm-hmm. is sort of um and and curiosity that that's involved in that kind of path so um and so that's what i would say i would say that that people who study languages can tend to be really curious, really independent, and uh, and willing to go out on their own and start their own thing, even if it's within um, even if it's within an, an organization. I feel like the creativity and independence is something that is definitely needed in this economy, and I think that language uh, language experts are are uniquely positioned to provide those skills to the workplace.
0: Oh, wow. Yes, absolutely. So we have independence, curiosity, versatility, and creativity. And I think that makes for a, it, it makes for the profile of a job applicant that is a, you know, that is a thinker. And I think more, many people who, especially those with a passion for learning languages, or who are just really into learning languages, they are, they tend to be, uh, independent thinkers and like you say self starters there's something there because language learning is such a marathon and you so have to keep going and you need so much self motivation no matter if you're doing it in school or if you're doing it by yourself you you know you always have to keep going keep going keep going you've got to organize yourself and you've got to make sure you don't get distracted by the next 17 shiny materials and yeah you know, and there's so much self discipline required in being a successful language learner
1: yeah. And there's a, a certain level of autonomy that's needed in, uh, in learning a language well. So you need to figure out how you learn and, uh, and teach yourself, basically. I mean, there are uh, a million ways to teach languages, but when it comes down to it, the, the learner – uh, the learner herself needs to figure out how to best apply all the all the input um, to their own knowledge and make those connections, and then produce the output. So, uh, learning a language and being able to speak another language really shows, um, you know, an autonomous learner, and that mm-hmm. is so important in today's in today's economy because with the uh, the pace of change of skills that are needed in in the workplace. Um, you need people who are going to teach themselves and are going to be able to apply uh, new knowledge to what is already happening in the business. Um, and and personally, I think that uh, language learners and also language teachers. Um, I'm going to put that out there that uh, language teachers are also uniquely positioned to um, to be able to to fill those gaps those skills gaps that uh that everybody's talking about in the news because it's a huge problem.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Hey there's something something you said then really stuck out at me which is you know as somebody who teaches a language too so I I'm I'm a language teacher and I've run group classes and I've had heard people talk about group classes and obviously I've learned in school. And the big thing that I really noticed is that what you said was you have to learn to teach yourself a language and what i would add to that is you have to learn to teach yourself a language no matter if you've got a teacher or not people put too much not trust trust your teacher that's good but yeah. people put, <laughs> people put too much responsibility away from themselves and onto like you just you just look for something external like a class or a teacher and and it's it is not as beneficial when you are when you are the person who's who is learning a language and really the learning process is inside of you and no teacher is ever going to fix that.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I think that's, that's a product of, of how, uh, how society views education or, or has historically. And, and it really is more of a passive experience. Um, you know, you read a book about it. And, and then all of a sudden you learn about it and then you attend a seminar and you listen to somebody talk and you supposedly have learned something. And that's a very passive experience. And, um, I mean, I, I am a voracious reader. I read all the time and I do learn a lot from reading. However, I learn best by applying what I've read and to actually trying something and then measuring those outcomes and, and making adjustments. And Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that, well, I, I'm a huge advocate for promoting autonomy in, in language learning. Um, and I, I do think that every student in any subject, not even languages, but, uh, from kindergarten on, I think that students should, um, should be learning how to develop their own systems for how they make connections and how, um, how they can best learn mm-hmm. um, and being an advocate for themselves and not just, uh, you know, blaming a teacher or um, or lauding a teacher uh, for them having learned something. I think that the, that autonomy is something that's not stressed as much as it could be. Um, and I'm not saying that in every classroom. That's the case. I don't think that that's true. But um, in general, I think that we, we do too often say, oh, the teacher has all the power and the teacher has a lot of power, but an individual, uh, learner has so much more power to apply that information or to not apply that information. Um, and, and I think that, that, that needs to be focused more. Um,
0: absolutely. And, um, one thing that I'm, I think it's really interesting. So, would you advocate that every teacher, even if you're taking a group class, and how on earth is that going to work in a group class? But certainly in a one-to-one environment, this is how I work as well. Every teacher should also be a coach. You should also—they're not just here to tell you how grammar works and you know make sure you're pronouncing the words right and make sure you you know you get a few more vocabulary words. They're not the human dictionary. They are here to develop your skills as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. Everyone should be a coach. Um, and in a group setting, it is more difficult. However, in a group setting, I would say also that it's uh, it's a better chance to see multiple ways of learning. Um, and I think that, uh, that providing tools to students uh, to um, actively reflect on those ways of learning, I think, is a valuable um, task that we don't really allow that much time for. Um, and again, I'm going to use the states because uh, that's uh, the context where I'm at. Um, but there are a lot of barriers to that in, uh, in U.S. classrooms because of the, um, the requirements that are that are put on teachers in terms of assessments and uh, standardization. Um, and, and it doesn't really allow for a lot of creativity, depending on the location where you're teaching and, um, and what kind of requirements that you have. But um, I've definitely seen that with uh, classroom teachers, that they're a little bit bogged down with a lot of uh, requirements that are, that are put on them at the local, state and federal level. Mm-hmm. um and so there's not a lot of time for that kind of creativity in allowing students to develop their own autonomy uh, which is a huge issue um and uh, of course i'm not going to solve it here on the podcast and i wish we could but
0: no, uh, we've, we've, we've tried before actually i've got some previous episodes and podcasts where we're always coming back to god classroom learning then just put too much pressure on it and Ah, oh, and you put the world to rights, and you can't. <laughs> so yeah. don't worry; no one's expecting all the all the answers and all the solutions. <laughs> yeah,
1: I do think that classroom learning offers offers people more opportunities than perhaps they are aware of. Um, and one of those things is to is to witness different activities, is to witness dif- um, people's different reactions to activities, and and allowing uh, that kind of comparison to inform their own future choices of how they study. So, uh, I'll give an example of, you know, a group of five people, five adults who are in a language learning class. And we do an activity that uses circumlocution. So to describe a word, uh, without using the word itself in the target mm-hmm. language, basically playing taboo, right? Yeah. Taboo. Um, uh, I call it uh, poor man's taboo because I don't have the buzzer and I don't have, uh, <laughs> anything else, but, uh, it's basically, uh, you know, on a piece of paper describing words that uh, that are new vocabulary words, um, but you can't use the word itself. So mm-hmm. um, obviously this is a skill that's super helpful when, uh, when you're traveling and even actually in your native language because I forget words all the time um, and I have to describe them. I'm like, you know what word I'm talking about? The word that means, you know, uh, when you're thinking about the past, you know, sometimes you just can't come up with a word. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. And in a target language, that happens all the time because you don't know all the words that you know in your native language. So being able to describe a word um, using similar words uh, to get at a description or a definition um, is an extremely helpful skill that will take you really far. So uh, if in a group of five people, and actually let's make it six so that people can be in pairs, (laughs) um... Uh, if you if you have a group of people like that and you are working directly with another person um, and you're realizing that other person that you're working with um, isn't responding to your definition or your description, you have to make adjustments uh, in order to, to get your point across. Um, and so interacting with someone else and how they learn a language uh, can be helpful to you because you have to work around that. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking about you as a language learner, another language learner. Um, and that in itself is incredibly valuable because it helps you understand the process of language learning is so individual, right? And it's so personalized. And so being able to witness that, um, not only as it applies to you, it speaks to that empathy piece that I was mentioning before, um, that a lot of language learning uh, has to do with being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, and and then work around that, and then try to communicate based on the knowledge that you have, and based on uh, that ability that you have to to work with someone else.
0: Yes. What strikes me is that the 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 kind of five people in an adult class environment is so desirable but i have i have often you know some of my students have tried it out as well um, in live classes and kind of came back and went oh that was really boring and i didn't really like it and others just say oh you you just must you know you just have to get the language buddy um or you know get yourself a a language exchange and and hop on skype etc so if you're an independent learner and you're not say led by a class so you're not attending a class on a weekly or bi-weekly Um, with somebody kind of nudging you towards the right direction, what do you think would be the the best routine for the independent language learner? Is there something specific that
1: everybody should do? Uh, I would say yes and no. So I, um, I, again, I'm going to use the word advocate, which I think is my favorite word today. So I advocate, um, that every independent language learner, um, at the, uh, the late high school, definitely university and, uh, and adult level, I would say that, um, everybody should, uh, develop their own systems for learning and how they learn best. Um, and, and work from that in developing their learning objectives, um, and specific learning objectives. So, uh, avoiding, um, goals like fluency or avoiding goals like, you know, I just want to speak multiple languages. Oh, God.
0: Fluency as a goal is what is um, in, I think, episode 21 of the podcast. is just me on my own having a rant about people whose goal uh, is fluency. People, if your goal is fluency, that's not a goal. That's an aspiration. All right? That's a different thing. And it's not going to, you're never going to get there because it's not measurable. And, oh, let's not go there again. But yeah, if you listen to episode 21. And there's some absolutely excellent goal-setting tips from me because I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, how can people do that for themselves? Do you, what would you recommend as a resource for that? I, I believe you've developed one, um, and I really want you to talk about it
1: yeah, well, I've developed a, a course called the Language Learning formula and um, I the the name has gone through several iterations because um i I don't necessarily believe that there is one way for all people to learn a language. Um, there's a way that I learned languages. Um, and again, it's something that I that came very easily to me uh, and it always did. And so it was um, so i I can't say that everyone should follow exactly what I did because um, that my situation is going to be very different from somebody else's so what I uh, developed was a way um, that uh, that applies best practices in language teaching and developing language curricula using a task-based communicative approach uh, developing uh, in teaching individual learners how to develop their own customized curriculum um, which is the ideal I mean in my in my view that's how everyone should be able to learn. And of course that's not feasible because um, everyone can't have a customized curriculum just designed for them on every single subject that they want, Um, you know, by a curriculum designer or a subject expert. That would be, first of all, super time consuming um, for everyone involved, but also really, really exorbitantly expensive. Well, the first step is to determine your own goals. Um, And, uh, and I'm sure I talk about a lot of the same goal-setting techniques that you talk about because they're, um, you know, they're they're pretty uh, widely accepted in terms of, you know, specific concrete goals and giving yourself a timeline. Um, and I, when I say a concrete goal, uh, I'm talking about a very concrete learning objective that's a communicative goal. And in language, um, that can be as simple as uh, I want to be able to um, – Speak with a shopkeeper uh, about the uh, different flowers that they have at their flower shop, um, and so that is a goal that is something that you can actually measure because you can uh, you can be successful in that if you have a conversation with a shopkeeper about the different flowers, um, and you can even be more specific than that. You can say, um, "I want to be able to buy a bouquet of lilies at the florist." then I mean,
0: yeah I like that I like that it is specific or something I recently wrote down because I, I set my own language I'm trying to learn Welsh at the moment mm-hmm. um which completely baffles people people say why would you why what and uh, well because it's cool so there you go um because <laughs> I because I want to but the the thing I noticed when I was setting my own goal is actually it is really hard it is really hard to avoid I'm gonna have a conversation it will last five minutes um and one of the big tips I heard was don't make your goal time-based don't say I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing this make it about the task that you're actually going to complete yes Um, and then my goal became I am going to listen to this episode of my audio course by Saturday and I'm going to make the notes that go with it yeah
1: and that was it Uh, it's so small and it was such a big task that I only did it yesterday and yesterday was Tuesday yeah. And and I think um, focusing on the task itself um, is is the core of what I teach um, because really what what is going to make your interaction with somebody speaking Welsh, what's going to make that feel successful to you? And it's going to be accomplishing these tasks. Like you're going to say after a conversation about flowers, for example, you're going to be like, yes, I accomplished that. That was awesome. Like I actually finished what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so measuring your success um, uh, according to those tasks and whether you can complete them. So, to be able to speak with a florist about buying lilies, what do you need to know? You need to know vocabulary about florists, for example. What is the? How do you say florist in the language that you're learning? How do you talk? How do you say lily? Are there multiple kinds of lilies um, that you might need to distinguish between? Um, uh, at the florists that you would visit would um, would the flowers be right up front or would there just be a couple of bouquets that are example bouquets and you need to ask about what's available so in
0: language learning formula that mm-hmm. it's it's one of i presume one of your starting p- components yes. is is goal setting and what else does that course contain and how okay. does it, how is it delivered how do people consume it
1: all right. So, um, the, the other components of the course, it does start with goals. So deciding exactly what you want to learn. Um, and it, it, it's okay to start small, um, because going through the whole process over and over again is how you develop that system. So the following goals, um, would be, uh, determining your learning style. So how do you, um, how do you like to, uh, get information and how do you like to practice and determining which ways are going to work best and be most efficient for you, um, personally, um, in order to, uh, to accomplish that task that you want to do. And then following that is determining, um, what tools you would need to use, um, use that, um, that speak to your learning style and will help you achieve those goals. Um, and then uh, instilling a language habit. So, um, Part of that is is creating a habit contract with yourself and also an accountability buddy, um, and and saying you know this is what I'm going to do to uh, to accomplish my goal, um, and that speaks to then the community because I really do feel that uh, language learning, although it is um, an independent task, because you need to put forth the effort in order to accomplish the your goals. Um, I do think that having a community and having other people who hold you accountable, that's a really important piece in, in really achieving success. And, um, and unless you are completely, completely, um, like self uh, self-directed, and you have never ever needed um, somebody else to talk to about anything. Then, uh, then maybe that part isn't important to you. But <laughs> for, lang- for, for language learning, especially because uh, the goal of language uh, is to communicate with other people, then making sure that you have some uh, some. Focus on community and what it means to interact with other people. uh, That's an important piece of it. And then finally, is uh, the assessment part. And whenever anyone says assessment, they freak out and they're like, oh my God, testing. No, this is not what I want. This is why I didn't do well in school because of tests. And assessment really just means uh, measuring whether you've achieved your goals or not. And it's important to have these uh, these self-assessments um, and developing a, a system for determining whether you've achieved your goals or not, because otherwise uh, you're going to be going around in circles and you're not really going to feel like you're making any progress. Um, and you know, so let's say you have that goal of fluency and you spend three hours a week studying and then you go abroad and you are not able to interact with anyone and you're like ugh oh, what a failure
0: yeah oh, i've had this so many times that that you know people tell people tell me i've studied so many hours and it never went anywhere and you're thinking it, it, it did go somewhere it definitely did go somewhere it, it, but maybe maybe your goal had nothing to do with what you were actually doing in your studies
1: yeah and you didn't have a way to really measure whether you were successful or not mm-hmm. so so um, being really conscientious about um, what you really want out of what you're studying and how you're going to measure whether you've achieved that or not. And that can just be as simple as purchasing that bouquet of lilies. If you have it in your hands, if you spent the money that you wanted to spend on it um, and you have it in your hands, that's a successful interaction. And that's going to be how you assess whether you've achieved what you wanted to or not. Uh, I think working backwards
0: from the goal is a is a key part there. Okay, since I have to, I'd, I'd love to hear about this forever, but I've got to move it on. Otherwise, okay. we'll end up with like a four-hour podcast. Um, so, Tammy, two things. First of all, um, language learning formula, where, how, uh, like just a quick quick yeah. explanation to where can people actually get this because i have i have looked at the curriculum um and i thought i thought it was fabulous i thought it looks really really good very you know consistent and um it really puts a lot of it, it provides a lot of things beyond tuition is that right it provides a lot of self-management materials and resources yes
1: absolutely and and i i believe in um you know, providing as many resources as possible to, uh, to ensure success. Um, and so there are templates and checklists. Um, I'm a huge checklist person because, uh, in providing a lot of content, because there is a lot of content. Um, I, I know that again, everyone learns differently. And so having, um, having a very clear outline of what's expected or, or my suggestions anyway, um, is going to be really helpful to people. So, um, So it's available, um, or it will be available shortly. Um, I'm making some edits to a couple things. So it will be available shortly. Um, And it is at languageinbloom.com forward slash language learning formula. Um, And it is uh, a self-paced course. It's delivered through video, and it has... Uh, audio and it has transcripts as well. Um, so if you just like to listen to audio, then that's available. Um, and if you prefer to read as opposed to watch video, then that's available as well. Um, and then it has uh, downloads um, and, and assignments throughout the six modules. Mm-hmm. fantastic ah. okay
0: now I didn't even get to ask you about your own language learning history so ah. okay in in 10 words <laughs> how 10. did you 10 20 okay well, I'll give you 20 how how did you what what made you love languages oh that's easy my teachers mm-hmm. and what made you continue to love languages after you left school
1: after I left school, oh gosh, I mean, I left school like a year ago. So, <laughs> Tech, I mean, I, because I was in um, at university and then I went straight through to, the, to my master's and started my PhD and then quit my PhD a, a couple of years ago. Um, and so, my love of language kept me in school um, for Spanish. And, um, like, if I, if I had left, I would still continue, I still would have continued to study languages because, for one, um, as soon as I lived in Spain, it took a piece of my heart, and I feel a personal connection to it, um, and, and staying with the language helps me keep that connection, uh, not only with the place, uh, but also with the people that I met there and the experiences that I had and my memories. Um, and also the opportunities that, that knowing Spanish has given me, um, and that I know, uh, that I know will bring me in the future as well. Mm -hmm. So your languages just to, just for the record are English and Spanish. Those are my two main languages. I also speak Italian and Portuguese, but not oh. nearly as well. Um, and I I will be tested in my Italian skills uh, in about a month. I'm going to uh, Italy on a very belated honeymoon.
0: Oh yay! Oh we're going we're going on honeymoon in two weeks. That's so exciting. I, I know, I know. We're going. We're going. We will go to Italy. We've decided to buy a train ticket and go. We're going interrailing, which uh, for Americans or if you're not resident in Europe. It's called EU Rail. Mm. Um, and you basically buy a train ticket, you get free travel on the whole European rail system for a few days. Um, oh, we've so awesome. 10 days worth. Yeah. And if you're American, you can even buy a three month pass. So you can do the whole backpacking thing and discover Europe and Oh, yeah, I am excited. We are excited. We're doing Italy, we're doing Croatia, and I'm going to make my husband speak a bit of German. Um, I mean, he has to speak German anyway, because we're doing the vows and the wedding in Germany. So that's going to happen. He has to know how to say ja at the right point. Okay. But, <laughs> and a bit more. But uh, certainly, I'd, yeah, can't wait, can't wait and travel, you know, just bring it to life. Okay, the last component of the podcast is something that I do every single time. It's called tip of the week. I know this Ooh. podcast isn't weekly, so it's a it's a symbolic week. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what what ha- what the way we're going to do this is, I have prepared three tips for you um, or for our listeners, really, of the Creative Language Learning Podcast, um, and these are three language learning tips, and I'm going to present them to you as well as I can, try and sell them, and you get to pick your favorite and say okay. why it's your favorite. It's it's really good fun. I always really enjoy it. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so tip number one is all about pronunciation and listening. And that is practice your pronunciation with SoundCloud. SoundCloud is a website where language learners and bands and anyone who produces anything that people can listen to uh, can log on, make their own recordings and submit them. And it has this really great system where people can give you feedback on exactly and comment on like the exact second of what they're listening to so it's fantastic for joining groups such as my speak German like a native group and everybody's welcome um, and really getting feedback on your on your spoken language on your pronunciation straight away it's called SoundCloud it's a great great system if you want to get feedback number two practice your pronunciation this is a tip from my friend Colleen who's learning Danish Um, and she's practicing her pronunciation with Siri Siri, the personal assistant, built into everybody's iPhone. Uh, Google's got one as well called Google, I think. It's called okay Google, is you know they say okay Google. Um, you can switch this you can switch the system of Siri into lots and lots of different languages. And if Siri understands you and knows what you're talking about, then your pronunciation's pretty good. <laughs> so she's using it as a sort of easy feedback mechanism on her pronunciation. And as practicing pronunciation with Siri or whichever personal assistant system you've built into your phone. I thought that was really cool. And tip number three comes from Ron Gollickson, previous guest of the podcast. And he's recently shared four random tips, really, for language learning. And one of them I thought was great is keep a food log in your new language. So, for example, a shopping list. Or if you are currently trying to gain weight, trying to lose weight, trying to get fit, uh, trying to, I don't know, eat only potatoes for a week... Um, just write down everything you're eating, but write it down in the language you're learning. So you've got a very easy, everyday, and repetition-based, natural repetition-based system for learning new vocabulary. So those are my three. Uh, Practice pronunciation on SoundCloud, practice pronunciation with Siri, or keep a food lock in your foreign language. What do you think, Tammy?
1: All right. I'm going to have to go with tip number one, practice your pronunciation on SoundCloud. Um, I think that getting feedback um, from other people on pronunciation and uh, spoken um, language skills is definitely something that uh, people struggle with if, with finding resources for. So tip number one, practice pronunciation with SoundCloud.
0: Excellent.
1: Practice pronunciation on SoundCloud. I think that might have been the
0: most decisive feedback I have ever had from any guest.
1: I am pretty decisive. I'm a decisive person. truly (laughs) are. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, that
1: was simple
0: and quick. Everybody, get yourselves onto SoundCloud. And I'm just going to give you a little tip. If you are a German learner, obviously, you know, I've recently launched my German pronunciation course called Speak German Like a Native. And to kind of support that course and not just if you're in the course, but also if you're not in the course, you know, you can join us if you want and just check out what's in there, check out the supporting materials. There is a group called German like a native and it is designed to help you improve your German pronunciation to support you whether you're taking the course or not it's open for anyone and I want you to submit your language practice only rule is it's going to be in German and I'm going to listen to you and if you want feedback just post it on there and I'm going to give you feedback there's practice materials and loads of different stuff and this is not the only language learning group uh, SoundCloud is a if you're not using it currently in your language learning, it may just be an underused resource. So do check it out. It's pretty good. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you on the internet, Tammy?
1: All right. So people can find me on Twitter, uh, at language in bloom. Uh, I'm also at Tammy Bieland. Um, and then my, uh, websites are languageinbloom.com And then, uh, for business of language, I'm at TammyBLN.com. And, uh, my name is spelled T-A-M-M-Y, last name B as in boy, J-E-L-L-A-N-D.com. So um, that's not my name, .com, but that's the URL. <laughs> so um, so you can find me Twitter and uh, and my blogs are pretty much where I spend most of my time. I, I'm also on Facebook um, and other platforms, but um, I, I'm in love with Twitter. So that's where I spend most of my time. Um so that's where people can find me. and uh, my contact information uh, is on both of those websites as well. So
0: mm-hmm. fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to hear from you, and we've we've I think we've gone through so much um, language in a career, what makes you stand out in the workplace beyond the obvious you know language that you speak. Um, we've talked about group learning advantages and we've talked about language learning formula, which is your really nice looking language course. And I would urge everybody to check it out. And that's been the interview with Tammy Bialen. So goodbye, Tammy. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N, H-A-M-M-E-S.